Rethinking healthcare takes more than disruption. It takes more than thought leaders. It takes change makers and doers. That's who we'll be speaking to on the Healthcare Rethink podcast, giving you, our dedicated listeners, a rich body of insights to make your own change. This is the Healthcare Rethink podcast. Here it is. This is the Healthcare Rethink podcast. I am your host, Brian Urban. And today, we went big league with two big league guests. I'll really say that these are Walgreens celebrities. So today joining our podcast, we have Falgani Shah, Director of Walgreens Health Corners and Clinical Services, and the incomparable Adam Sampson, Head of Clinical Delivery Operations. And today we're going to be talking about community health and clinical trial diversity, how Walgreens U.S. Healthcare Division is really reimagining localized healthcare for us all. And I'm so excited to have you both on our little show. Balgany, Adam, welcome. Thanks, Thanks Brian. So, so with our podcast, we like to get to know our guests through some fun Q&A, through some fun trivia. So I have a few questions lined up for you both here that we can go back and forth. Are you up for the challenge? Let's do it. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so in preparation for our conversation, I, I really looked at you know, what Walgreens has been doing, uh, uh, pharmacology and public health and research across our healthcare ecosystem. Uh, so with that said, Adam, I'll give the first question to you. This one's a toughie. So we're going to we're going to test your your brain here. And by the way, Adam is a professor. He's an adjunct faculty. So he's shaping young minds. So. You can use this no question here, here, right? with no your students as well. <laughs> so, all right, question number one. The uh, UK Medical Research Council, MRC as they're known, uh, did a trial of patulin for the common cold in 1943. It was the first double-blind controlled trial. So this trial famously paved the way for the first randomized controlled trial of what? A, scurvy. B, streptomycin in pulmonary tuberculosis, or C, chickenpox? Definitely B. The other two were way earlier. <laughs> you are correct. Look at that. Good, good investigation there. It was streptomycin for pulmonary tuberculosis carried out in 1946 by the MRC. Good stuff. One for one. All right, Falgany, you're up. Uh, Henry Cade served as Walgreens public relations leader back in the day, but more importantly, he became the first black American pharmacist to serve as president and chairman of the National Association of Pharmacy. What year did he take that president and chairman role? Was it 1965, 1987, or 2005? It's not 2005. I want to say B, is it 1985? 1987, you are two for two. Look at this, this is great. So yes, he helped lead regulations down to the state level, which was which is amazing sitting at that federal level, integrating industry regulations to protect public health. So maybe this was Walgreens' first deeper step into having uh, integration and influence in public health affairs. So uh, wow, this is just great. And you're pharmacist by background. So of course I had to hit you with that question, Falgrave. Okay, a couple more questions. True or false, Adam, uh, a pharmacist invented Coca-Cola? True. 
It is true three for three. This is actually no no one has done this well in any of our trivia so far. So it's true. Nineteen, or I'm sorry, 1886. Pharmacist John Pemberton created Coca-Cola for treatment of common ailments. That is pretty interesting. So uh, question number four. Uh, Falconi, back to you here. The practice of pharmacy was first separated from medicine way back in the year 1240. Uh, and this was largely as a result of a proclamation presented by who? A, Frederick II of Hoffenstein. B, King Henry III of England. Or C, Alexander II, King of Scotland. It's a tough one. Oh, my God. It's a tough one. I don't know. I'm going to say uh, C. <laughs> oh, this, the only, this was tough. No one's going to get this. Was it one. King Henry? Uh, it, was, it was Frederick oh. of Hoffenstein. Yes, uh, it was A. He was the Emperor of Germany and the King of Sicily. Uh, and, and it was amazing because after that proclamation, then the practice of medicine and pharmacology were separate and professional mm -hmm. regulations globally then spread across. So uh, that's pretty, pretty wild. So that kind of concludes the fun little trivia. Thanks for playing that game with me. I'm glad uh, but I only got the last one. I, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty good, three for four. But more importantly, uh, you know, the separation of, of pharmacy and, and primary care, those lines are blurring. They're coming together. And I think Walgreens, it's so exciting. The work that you both do in Health Corners Clinical Services, following and Adam with clinical trial diversity, you're bringing worlds together. You're, you're unifying the healthcare ecosystem because all the needs that we have as humans spread across the entire ecosystem. Uh, so Village MD, uh, what you're doing, Health Corners, just open your 100th store uh, location in California. It's just amazing work, just expressing my, my, my fandom uh, for Walgreens. But it kind of gets into... Uh, our, our first topics here, but I, I want our audience to get to know you both a little bit better. So uh, if you wouldn't mind spending a couple moments here, Falgren, just telling us a little bit about yourself and how you've gotten into your role, uh, leading the rollout of Health Corners across the U.S. and a little bit about uh, what Health Corners are. And then Adam, the same for yourself, who you are and the, the work that you're leading. But Falgren, can we start with you? Yeah, sure. So um, as you mentioned, Brian, I am a pharmacist by training. I started my career with Walgreens um, eons ago is what I say. Uh, so I am experienced behind the counter, understand retail pharmacy. Um, I took a few years away from Walgreens to sort of carve out an, uh, a niche, um, uh, you know, career path in healthcare technology and, and hospital operations. I came back to Walgreens to lead a really large team uh, focused on 340B uh, payer strategy. And then over time, as Walgreens evolved um, and we introduced this new division, Walgreens Health, um, which is the innovation arm of Walgreens, um, it took a, you know, an interest. I, I took an interest in this new division. It was an, an opportunity for me to bridge parts of my career together being a pharmacist. So the clinician side of me, the, the healthcare technology experience that I, uh, that I bring to the table and then also, um, you know, pulling in the operations and the, the payer strategy work that I've done. 
Um, and so on this side of the house, the innovation side, as we call it, um, we are uh, branching into healthcare services, retail healthcare services. You'll see CVS, Rite Aid, Walmart, all, um, you know, using parts of their uh, footprint, uh, their store to actually deliver localized healthcare. It's creating new access points for the community, for members of health plans. Um, and so it supports uh, population health and improving overall healthcare. And so the Walgreens health corners are essentially that. Um, they're inside of our Walgreens stores. Um, then, and what we do is uh, we contract with health plans and we're also looking at working closely with hospitals to be able to deliver services to their members inside of our stores. So where we want to close gaps in care is, you know, ensuring that we support health risk assessments, BMI, blood pressure monitoring, um, you know, just being there as a consultative, uh, healthcare consultative arm to the member as well, easy access, um, supporting their healthcare journey uh, in an easy, accessible way. You don't have to make an appointment. You can walk in. You can talk to our health advisor. So the Walgreens Health Corners are actually staffed by health advisors that are pharmacists or nurses. Um, so that is, in a nutshell, what Health Corners are. They're an access point within the community. It's part of our um, vision that our CEO has set to set out, which is reimagining localized healthcare. That is amazing to hear. And actually, the word that you used a moment ago, I want to hone in on for a moment, health journeys. So I think so often in our, our, our payer provider world, we talk about outcomes. How are we measuring these things? And it is about the human experience, the journey that we have from one outcome to another one experience to another. And I love that the model is so approachable. You can go in, you don't have to have an appointment. You can talk to a health advisor one-to-one. -one. So I, I do want to dive into health corners and understand your experience and, and the great impacts you've seen thus far, opening your now hundredth location in, in California that we mentioned a moment ago. Um, but I'm going to pause there for a moment and, and let's get to know Adam's world a little bit, and then we'll get right back into Health Corners. So uh, Adam, fill us in a little bit more. How, how did you get to your amazing role, uh, not, not only inside Walgreens, but also in academia as well as your strong influence there? But uh, fill us in, tell us who you are a little bit more and, and some of the great work that you're leading in clinical trial diversity. Yeah, yeah, I'd be glad to. Thanks, Brian. So um, I started my career as a clinician out of undergrad and um, very quickly kind of found my way into clinical trials as a, a you know, kind of a, a career path, which um, oftentimes people fall into, right, through some other allied healthcare profession. Um, so I worked directly with patients in the conduct of clinical trials for a few years. And then about 10 years ago, I moved into more of the business side, um, supporting what's called the contract research organizations, which basically help pharmaceutical companies uh, and other type of medical therapeutic uh, development companies bring their new therapies to market by doing clinical trials. Um, so I worked in a few different capacities. Some had me traveling across the country to visit different you know, clinical trial sites uh, for compliance reasons. Um, some were more you know, centralized in project management. Um, and then I, about 
five or so, seven or so years ago, moved to uh, Carolina, worked for Duke University for a few years, um, worked on a master's in clinical research while I was there, and focused primarily on um, pediatric clinical trials that were government-funded. Um, after a few years at Duke, I uh, took a position with a pharmaceutical company, a large pharma company that and ran for them large late phase global trials. So this is, you know, big studies that we would do in multiple regions across the globe. And was there when uh, we, when the pandemic hit, uh, and like so many others in the healthcare space, um, you know, in clinical trials, we, we were really confronted with this, you know, reality that we weren't prepared um, from, you know, from an infrastructure or technology standpoint to keep our clinical trials going. Um, so I took an opportunity with a very small startup that was working to bring trials into patients' homes through technology. Uh, and I spent almost, you know, the bulk of the pandemic, about two years, um, helping to build out a services team there. Um, really great work. Uh, had no intention of leaving, but then I learned about this new um, clinical trials business that Walgreens was uh, aiming to build. And when I talked to my current boss, Ramita Tandon, uh, I just, you know, I was sold. I was in. Um, it's really exciting, you know, after trying to do trials in a traditional way where, um, you know, patients have to go to a, a large academic medical center every time and it's very burdensome, doing trials in this newer way with technology and patients' homes. Neither is perfect, right? The optionality is something that, and flexibility is something that we really need in clinical trials. And, you know, what's more flexible than having, you know, 78% of the U.S. population within five miles of a clinical trial site, right? Which I'm stating a figure for Walgreens there. We have 9,000 stores, um, as well as some owned assets, you know, such as Falguni was uh, talking about and some partner's assets that really position us well to, to make an impact in the clinical trial space. So um, our business was launched just about five months ago. I joined uh, a bit after that. Um, and I've been here building out the team as head of clinical delivery operations. My role is to really look at our existing footprint um, and try and find ways to start bringing, uh, you know, these clinical trials into communities and offer them, uh, offer them to patients, oftentimes that wouldn't have um, access to these types of trials. And I was fortunate enough when I joined to, to learn about uh, the great work that Falguni and her team uh, with the health counters are doing. And it's just a great partnership for us to be able to um, utilize that, that health corner space for both the work, the payer supported work they're doing, as well as um, clinical trials. Thank you, Adam, for sharing your journey through your, your different experiences in the research space. And what you're doing now, and, and the partnership that you've struck on the health corner side uh, in the shop that Falcon is leading. So uh, this, is, this is wonderful to hear. And you mentioned uh, Ramita, amazing leader, great charisma, uh, very similar, I think, in a lot of ways to Alethea Jackson, uh, leading DE&I work, and, and, uh, and then also Ross Brewer, too, at the very top. It seems like you have just these very intelligent, very charismatic uh, relatable leaders. So that's got to have an amazing influence, I, I think, across your, your bodies of work as well. Um, so you made a really good point there in terms of the partnership, Adam, that you have with Health Corners. So following, I got to pivot back to you here. So uh, tell me a little bit about how your partnership internally 
is impacting what you're doing in health corners or uh, maybe some early successes you're seeing in health corners. We'd love to learn a little bit more there. Yes, of course. So um, this is a very timely uh, conversation. Uh, we're actually launching uh, our first clinical trials um, in our health corners uh, at the end of January. Um, and thanks to Adam and his team uh, for supporting some new services and innovation in our health corners. So we're going to start introducing phlebotomy services in our health corners. Um, and that is uh, the business case was actually brought to us by Adam. And so it's a start to be able to support the clinical trials with phlebotomy, but the intention is to support phlebotomy um, for our payer partners as, as well as our provider partners. Um, and in the future, we wanna be able to open up phlebotomy services to uh, our customers uh, that are not part of a contracted um, you know, service. Uh, so you can come into Walgreens, uh, use that as a, as a, um, a channel to, to get your lab services done. Uh, again, making it easy, making it convenient, no appointment necessary. But um, through Adam and his team, we continue to evolve the health corner, making it, uh, you know, new services available, making it innovative. Um, and we have a few other things uh, that we're hammering out uh, between Adam and I uh, to help support not only the clinical trials business, but its innovation on the health corner side. That is so exciting. And thank you for sharing that on our little show, because I, I had no insight into that. So early congratulations to you both on this partnership and the amazing work that will come from it as, as well. So really, uh, if Albany, you made me think of something uh, to, throw, to throw back to Adam here on the clinical trial and the research side of things. So uh, as you know, uh, being a you know, historian, academia, research, um, uh, research prowess that you have, uh, clinical trials, human subjects, uh, it's it's been uh, it's been a bad road, uh, at least in the U.S. from the 1900s onward. Thankfully, establishments of institutional review boards have been put in place for safety of subjects, um, and, and and just all this better work has finally come out of it. But we've come to this kind of arc, really, that we need to expand the populations that are coming into these clinical trials to ensure that we're including a diverse ethnic, uh, race, and gender. So with that, just starting at the very top, Adam, what is Walgreens' approach to clinical trials and, and how do you ensure diversity? Can you walk me through that a little bit? Absolutely, yeah. So um, at a high level, our approach to clinical trials, we're offering you know three services out of the gate. Um, one of them is to, you know, obviously Walgreens has uh, covers about 160 million lives. Right. We really know our consumers well. We want to be very thoughtful with how we engage with them and, and how we present them potential clinical trial opportunities, um, being, being mindful of the fact that Walgreens for the past 100 years plus has been building this trust, and, and we, want to, we want to carry that forward um, 100%. So um, we have ways to look at records and determine if people might qualify for a particular study, and then you know, reach out to them as Walgreens representatives, either through our pharmacists or, or other means to, to help share with them the potential uh, for participating in a particular clinical trial. Uh, we can also do really cool things through data science that go far over my head that help us to really 
you know, look at those type of data, even in a de-identified way, and start to better understand target patient populations for new drugs that are coming out um, and help us analyze the results of clinical trials. Um, the uh, kind of third service line, which is where I sit, is really we're calling it trials to patients, right? So how do we, how do we, you know, where the rubber hits the road, like interacting with patients in store at home through this omnichannel approach. Um, and in doing that, we are setting for ourselves some very um, ambitious uh, metrics around what we want to meet for diversity targets, um, as you mentioned, right? So historically, um, even though the practice and even the, the view of clinical trials, I think overall has improved over time, and there's been some help, some aid by the pandemic to, to show that clinical trial participants are, you know, medical heroes, right? Uh, and also that clinical trials can be you know, they could be a care option sometimes for, for patients who don't have um, other options for treatment or who, you know, really could use that type of uh, in-depth follow-up that you get as part of a clinical trial. So, um, you know, the ability to take that and, and partner with the Health Corners team and find those locations where these, you know, these patient populations would other, otherwise not likely have access to these trials. So the average clinical trial uh, or the average person lives about two hours from the closest clinical trial site historically. So if we can take and we can, you know, hone in on that, right? And uh, let's say a pharmaceutical company comes to us and they say, we're going to run this, uh, this clinical trial to determine if this, this drug is safe and, and efficacious. Um, and we know that, okay, overall for this therapeutic area, X number, X percentage uh, you know, of these uh, participants are, you know, white, African-American, Asian, other. Um, we should be meeting those metrics when we're studying, right? We want to collect data that's representative of the population when that drug hits the market. And right now we're not doing that as an industry. So um, data released by the FDA shows that about 75% of research participants are white, right? Um, and we know that about 20% of drugs actually have a significant difference when you start looking at different aspects of demographics, right? Be it um, uh, race, age, um, gender, other things. So we need to be much more thoughtful. And FDA has really started to increase their vigilance. Um, there's new guidance and even some policy that's uh, looking to be implemented that says, you know, pharma company, you need a diversity plan. And I think that's where Walgreens is, you know, really uniquely positioned, given our vast footprint, to be able to say, okay, we need this proportion of the population. Um, this is where those patients are. Um, and let's go ahead and, you know, implement this clinical trial within those regions, where we know there's a high population of, of these different groups. Um, and we can also do things more grassroots, right? So patients coming in, seeing their pharmacist, right? You, you guys know, they see their pharmacist far more than they see their PCP. They have that trusted relationship. So it's another opportunity not to convince people to participate in a clinical trial. That's not our aim, but our aim is to educate about clinical trials in general. That way when an opportunity presents itself, hopefully folks in these communities, you know, would be interested in participating and help us to, you know, to really get to where we need to be in terms of diversity and trials. That is a really 
insightful walkthrough. Thank you, Adam, because you highlighted the uh, really the process in which you educate, build trust, and then you build opportunities for more diverse populations to go through clinical trials and medical heroes indeed, because they're helping provide evidence that can be carried forward into precision medicine, into ensuring that there's broader access to certain medications by race, ethnicity. So that's uh, extremely powerful and rich work. And you're just getting started uh, being able to leverage all your assets across Walgreens and externally as, as well. And you mentioned something, Adam, that the pandemic was highlighting certain things for you all and, and even spurred uh, your operations here in Walgreens. So with the social and health, really economic tragedies that we saw being highlighted from the COVID-19 pandemic that we're still you know, not out of, but we're coming through, uh, there was definitely a, a shift for a lot of healthcare organizations, small, large, in how they saw their patients' needs. And you mentioned pharmacists have a far more, uh, I say, high touch with patients than maybe a primary care or other specialists as well in, in most cases. So it seems like the focus on the patient has been now going outside the doctor's office, uh, recognizing that health truly happens at home. So with that said, uh, uh, Falgany, this, this one's probably for you, but really for both of you, uh, how is Walgreens Health really starting to approach strategic partnerships, um, whether it's community-based, uh, data, platforms, uh, grassroots initiatives? Now, what's that approach like? Uh, and, and maybe what, what successes are you starting to see there in terms of your, your strategic partnerships? Maybe I can start, Adam, and then you can jump in. I think the first thing I want to say, and my husband is a primary care physician, um, there is so much value in having a primary care physician, and we're not here to replace primary care. We are here to um, support uh, the primary care and, and be a partner with the primary care physician. So with that said, what Adam really, um, you know, said that the pharmacists uh, are uh, probably um, more accessible than your primary care physician. I think it's because of the footprint that we have, right? And pharmacists are in your community. Um, we saw during COVID um, that pharmacists were first line uh, defense in terms of the vaccinations, in terms of testing, um, easy and accessible mechanisms for patients and customers to come to our stores uh, to get the services that they need. Um, and what we've learned from the pandemic and, and the work that we've done with COVID-19 is that pharmacists should be practicing at the top of their license to continue to help keep the population healthy, to continue to help support our primary care physicians. And so some of the things that um, Walgreens uh, Health and Walgreens is, is expanding into are some of those additional services around test and treat, for example, you know, where patients and customers could come into our stores and get tested for flu, get tested for strep, and then allowing our pharmacists to either collaborate with the primary care physician or allow them to practice at the top of their license in certain states and prescribe based on certain protocols. 
that helps uh, reduce uh, emergency room visits, uh, urgent care visits. Um, it reduces the cost of health care while actually helping to um, keep patients healthy. Um, what we're doing within the health corners is supporting a lot of the work that uh, Walgreens also is doing around test and treat vaccinations. Um, and as I mentioned, you know, we're partnering with our payers and our providers to close certain gaps in care um, where we're monitoring blood pressure. Um, we're helping to monitor their their blood glucose um, and, and providing um, that additional support that the members need and the patients need outside of their primary care visits. Yeah, I mean, I just building off what Paul Dooney is saying there, right? I mean, I think that I mean, I know clinical research, but I don't know pharmacy. Um, that, this is a new space for me. So I learn a, a ton from working with Falguni and, and others here on our retail and, and pharmacy ops teams. Um, coming into Walgreens, I mean, I was blown away at, you know, what is it now? We're up to like 60 million COVID vaccines that we've administered. And the fact that this, you know, infrastructure was just stood up basically overnight, right? And we were learning these things in real time. I'm in awe of the capabilities and um you know so as we look at freeing up as Falgo mentioned right some of the pharmacist time so that they can practice at the top of their license you know this is another area where you know we're looking to partner you know strategic partnerships both within Walgreens and perhaps outside of Walgreens when it comes to you know as you mentioned uh Brian you know uh, there's work that we can do at the community level whether that's with faith faith-based organizations or others to spread the, you know, kind of understanding of better health and clinical trials within these communities um, and, and be a hub for some of those things as part of Walgreens. And as um, some of these initiatives take place, like Walgreens has the micro-fulfillment centers that will help to, you know, take some of that workload off the pharmacist, that will be, you know, potentially another way that we can, you know, use those uh, uh, interactions that pharmacists and pharmacy techs and others in our, you know, Walgreens ecosystem are already having these interactions with them and, and be able to include in that um, just general information about health, but also about clinical trials um, to, to help to bridge some of those gaps as well. I love how you both captured what I was hoping to hear from that question right there. So really, you, you touched on a couple interesting things there. Uh, one thing I did want to highlight in, in your mention of the 60 million vaccines. So for our listeners, uh, the vaccine equity campaign that started the early pandemic and all the way through, uh, that has delivered uh, tens of millions, 60 million. Uh, the number I saw a year and a half ago was 30 million. So it was amazing how you you grew over that. I think Dr. Ban uh, was, was leading a lot of the efforts there. And of course, across all the different stores in your footprint. So that's amazing. If, if you haven't heard about that, I suggest you, you look up a few great articles that are out there uh, in, in relation to the work that's been done. And, and truly, it seems like the culmination of both of your work areas is coming in into fruition uh, at, at physical stores, but also, Adam, you mentioned earlier how you're engaging with patients that can't get to stores. So in home, you mentioned a little bit about in-home services and, and how you're helping patients that might have barriers with transportation. And Falgany, you mentioned uh, you're working with health plans 
uh, to provide resources to members that that might need transportation and support there. So I want to touch on this a little bit and then and start to take us into the into the future as we're coming up on time here. So um, Adam, can you help me understand a little bit more about how members are engaged? Uh, that maybe can't get to stores, you know, whether it's at home or if it's through uh, community-based partners. Uh, how is that approach starting to take place? Or or maybe how are you starting to think about that design if it hasn't already been uh, in place yet? Yeah, yeah. So we definitely have some in place and some that we're building, um, but lots of uh, potential to leverage existing assets to really make that happen as far as have a really good omni-channel approach and be able to have folks, not just, you know, in store, but at home and, and elsewhere um, from both, a, you know, clinical care and also from a clinical trials perspective. So we have our My Walgreens um, app, which is one way that we can engage with our consumers from their home. There are a number of clinical trial activities that um, now through technology, we used to have to, you know, have clinical trial participants come all the way into the academic medical center to fill out a simple questionnaire and get a blood draw. Now what we can do is, you know, we can have that uh, questionnaire be on uh, their, you know, their smartphone or provision them with a, you know, with a device so that they can complete those in real time and we can have access to that. And we can also do things through uh, mobile phlebotomy and, and other services, which I think over time, you know, we you know, will partner with Health Corners and others. Um, as well as we, we've, uh, Walgreens has accelerated, I believe, our full acquisition of CareCentrics, which is a, a post-acute and home health care provider with just a phenomenal um, track record of great patient care and patient satisfaction. Um, so over time, you know, being able to leverage those type of assets that we'll have here at Walgreens for bringing clinical trials into patients' homes is something we're very interested in. That's a great point. Uh, through the various strategic acquisitions partnerships, you're having even more of uh, a deep omni-channel approach. And, and Falgani, you mentioned your husband being primary care. Awesome shout out. We'll have to follow up eventually on the Village MD side of the strategy with Walgreens as well, because that that culmination and partnership of pharmacists and primary care is so crucial to providing. Uh, the needs of all the patients and lives you've served. So we'll we'll definitely get into that in the future. But I want to take a moment here to maybe look into the crystal ball, kind of uh, a couple years out here as, Adam, you're building up your uh, clinical trial diversity operations. Uh, Falconi, you have maybe now two or 300 health corner locations. So um, kind of a hope shot question for you both. Uh, and Falconi, we can start with you. What do you hope or, or what do you think will be the biggest impact that uh, Health Corners, in, in partnership with Adams Clinical Trial Diversity Services, will have in the communities you serve? What, 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 uh, what can I pull out here of your, your heart and your vision with this? I think I'd have to take it back to our tagline of reimagining localized healthcare. You know, we learned through the pandemic that there is this health inequity. And I hope that through the health corners and an omni-channel approach that we can really increase access to health care for all, especially in the very rural areas um, for populations that are both socially and economically um, 
challenged. Uh, so my hope is that our health corners are going to support population health, help support access to health care, and not only through a physical location, but we are an omni, it's an omni-channel approach uh, to improving health care. Awesome. I'm excited for the vision. Adam, same question for you. What do you think? What's the hope shot? What's the vision, the good impact you can feel coming from this a few years down the road? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, the exciting times ahead, right? We're only four or five months into our clinical trial business, but already um, are able to see quite a clear vision, right? Of what that might look like. I'd love to see us, you know, within the next few years, really execute now, right? Now, now we have all the assets that we need. We have all the talent that we need. Um, now we just have to pull that together, right? Execute and really show um, that we can deliver these trials in a way that um, is, you know, of high quality and a great patient experience and start providing clinical research as a care option, um, you know, uh, kind of across the country and have multiple, you know, case studies that we can bring to you in a few years and say, look, this is how we were able to deliver on, on our mission. So, um, yeah, look forward to circling back. Awesome. I, I, I love to hear that. I, I feel the, uh, the energy and the passion in both of your voices. You can see it in your eyes for sure. I'm going to follow this uh, as, as you get into the execution phase. I'm a big fan of the work that you're both doing. Thank you both so much, Falgany uh, Shaw, for joining the conversation. Adam Sampson for joining the conversation. It's been a pleasure chatting with you both. And for more excerpts and insights from our show, please visit thrive.com. <laughs>